Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It will come as no surprise to anyone who knows me that, coming from the state of Maine as I do, that I tend to speak down east as a second language and that despite my feeble efforts to suppress the impulse, it does tend to slip out from time to time, even from the pulpit. See what I mean? I'm referring, of course, to the dialect that is native to New England in general, and Maine in particular, an accent that has long been part of the folklore around here, thanks in large part to those classic Bert and I stories recorded by the late Robert Bryan and Marshall Dodge. To be honest, what I speak is less that than it is kind of the hybrid of the voices of people I grew up with, as well as those of some of the locals with whom I worked during summers years ago as a cabin boy at a rustic resort on the main coast. You see, my friend Daryl and I were constantly attempting good-natured impressions of these folks, and I'm afraid for me it always, well, just stuck. As a result of all this, over the years I've developed a fondness for the subtleties of dialect, Yes, by the way, there is an Arusta County accent, just so you know, as well as a great love for good storytelling and especially an appreciation for Maine humor. Now, for the uninitiated, Maine humor is predicated, first of all, on understatement. For instance, when the visitor to the Pine Tree State says to the local, uh, have you lived here all your life? The Mainer would typically just take a long pause, and then simply say, well, not yet. It also has to do with a gentle tweaking of strangers, fools, tourists, and out-of-staters in general, all of whom are referred to as being from away. That is, not from the state of Maine. In other words, Mr. Man, if you aren't a native, then you simply don't get it. The notion that one needs to have been born somewhere on the north side of the Kittery Bridge is the stuff of many a Downey story, not to mention the starting place for a great many folks grumbling each year between Memorial Day and Labor Day. All these stories are unique to the culture and heritage of the state of Maine, and that's why I love them. And yet what's always been interesting to me is how well these stories hold up wherever they happen to be told. For instance, after over seven years now living and pastoring Below the Kittery Bridge here in New Hampshire, I can tell you that the same kind of weariness that exudes from your average native mana is also found in great abundance here in the live free or die state. Even in places as far away from the main coast as the cornfields of Ohio, where I also pastored a church for several years, I soon discovered that my twice-told tales of farmers and fishermen getting the best of the flatlanders rang true. And as a clergy type, I can well attest to the fact that one even tends to see a few of these stories play out in the life of your average church. From that greenhorn minister who unwisely runs afoul of the long-cherished congregational tradition, to that one Sunday morning visitor who discovered very quickly that he'd inadvertently sat down in Mrs. Johnson's pew, and that's not a good thing at all. I guess no matter where you are, there are always going to be people from away. 
people who threaten to interfere with life as it's always been. Just as, conversely, there will always be those quick to point out the interference. What I'm talking about is all in good fun, of course, except when it's not. I must confess that as a pastor, I sometimes do stand amazed at the strange contradiction that often exists within the life of a local church. How, on the one hand, we're called to be offering up what our denomination refers to as extravagant welcome. How we're biblically encouraged to seek out those whom the world routinely leaves on the outside looking in. To invite them to be a part of our Christ-inspired circle of faith and love. And yet, on the other hand, how quickly and easily we tend at times to dismiss from our fellowship and affection those who are a bit different from our regular congregants. After 30-plus years and several pastoral charges, I've actually seen this unfold in quite a number of ways, ranging from the kind of innocuous concerns that routinely arise from personality conflicts that, well, let's be honest, exist in just about every congregation, all the way down to the mostly subtle but nonetheless cruel examples of exclusion that come about as a result of bad habits, misbegotten traditions, or a wide array of deeply held prejudices. Yes, to be sure, issues of racism, gender inequality, and homophobia enters into it. Then again, so do things like age, economics, classism, even geography. Unless anyone thinks this happens only to those who sit in the pews, please know that on more than one occasion as a pastor, I've been informed by well-meaning parishioners that unless I was born in that town or I grew up in that congregation, I would have no hope of ever understanding what's best for the church. Oh well, such is the curse of being from away. But But wherever one happens to be on the receiving end of such an attitude, I have to say it's a shame. As I said before, it is not only the mission of the church to welcome all those who want and need the love of God and Christ in their lives and to bring them into the fellowship of a true community of faith and love. It's also our grand opportunity to benefit from all the diversity, the vitality, and fresh perspective these people bring to our shared ministry in Christ's name. Truly, it is our great commission from Jesus himself to welcome those who are from away. And may I add here that great things do happen for the sake of Christ and his church when we stay focused on that mission. It's what happens when we truly embrace Paul's words in his epistle to the Galatians, that there is no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free, no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And when that happens in the church, when a group of people who are diverse in background and experience are grounded in the knowledge that we are indeed all one in Christ Jesus, it is a beautiful thing. One of the great joys of what I do is to be a part of a community bound together by our unity in the Spirit and through our love of the Lord and one another. A love that extends outward and then draws inward in countless ways, both large and small. Whether it's in the faith and joy expressed in our times of worship, 
whether it's found in the food and fellowship and laughter that's shared around a a dinner table, or whether it's the all-important work of care and outreach that happens from season to changing season. There is a vibrant ministry of love and acceptance that runs through everything we do as a church. And it's enhanced by every new person who comes in the door to share this good life we have together. Because, yep, we are all God's children, no matter where we're from, whether it's from here or from away. And that's it for another edition of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening to this podcast. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day. Talk to you soon.